Well, 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 well. Looky there, if it isn't my little Harlan Highway Pavement Pounders. Hey, everybody, how are you? You know, just uh, thought I'd throw up a little podcast for, for uh, craps and giggles, as they say. Um, have a little fun today, talk about stuff, catch up on things. Um, I'm going to tell you a little, uh, a little nature thing I did. I went out in nature. Nature is weird, and you'll see why. I'm going to tell you a story about how it can be kind of weird. Also, there might be something in your house that might make you an, an addict. So be careful. I know all of you are like, oh no, I could never be addicted to anything. Well, guess again. Uh, there's something in your house that's very addictive. I think I'm hooked. I think I might need an intervention. I'm in deep, deep trouble. So I'm going to warn you. I'm going to illuminate you to this hazard in your home that will get you cranked up and addicted. Also, we need some stand-up comedy, man. The clubs have been closed long enough. So I've got a stand-up comedy set that I've recorded for you guys. That's from about a year ago. And uh, it's a very, very special stand-up comedy set. Hint, I might have done the whole thing in a British accent. So let's have some fun. Let's do a podcast. Pick your nose, pick your face. Here we go. This is the Harland Highway. Sit down, strap in, and tighten your diaper. Come on. You are about to go down the Harlan Highway. That means that every woman in this village who is capable of childbirth is going to have a baby. You shit-kicking, stinky horseman or smelling motherfucker, you. Tell me his name. You must tell me his name. This is Harlan Williams. Oh, well, my mistake. <laughs> Guess I'll be on my way then. You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. What have you done to it? What have you done to its eyes? All of you. All of you freaks. Heavens to Murgatroyd. Whether you're wearing a pullover or a cardigan, it's the Harland Highway. I have to hang up now. <laughs> Woo! Yay. Hello, friends. How are you? How are you even? Um, it's me. Yeah, it's Harland. And uh, I'm doing a little potty pod. Potty, potty, potty cast. Um, for no other reason than I, I was just in the mood. You know, I had the urge to do it. I was just, I, you know, I'm, I'm not doing the podcast full time anymore, but it's always there lingering in the background, watching me, stalking me, you know, prodding me. And somehow it got through to me today, and I'm I'm doing it, man. I'm doing the podcast, man. I don't care what you say. I'm doing the podcast, man. Um, and I want to start with this. Can you hear this? Do you know what this is? This this is a garbage bag. Okay, this is a plastic kitchen garbage bag. And I think I want to eat it. Um, and I'm not joking. I, I don't know if you've noticed, but the things they're doing to garbage bags now is, it's insane. It's crazy. I don't know what they're doing, but they're doing it. I like to make them edible. It's, uh, you know, they sent them. I, I don't know why, but I, I guess it's to maybe... 
dampen down the scent of kitchen garbage, but they sent these garbage bags now, and they're unbelievable. They smell like fresh laundry. They smell like newborn babies. They, they make me want to eat newborn babies. They're just, they're just like, God. I mean, they smell better than anything I've ever smelt before. It's just like a whole bundle of babies. I, I'm, I'm not a giant, but I feel like I should be a giant, and I'm eating babies out of a cereal bowl. I'm like, smells like baby powder. It smells like a baby's diaper. I, you know, I don't know. Maybe it smells like Sun Ying. I mean, I can't. It's ridiculous. Why? Why should something smell so good? I forget putting garbage in them. I'm using as, them as pillow slips. I put them over my pillows. I, I inhale them all night. I mean, if you could go, go and smell your garbage. Go and sniff your garbage bags. Who came up with this? Why don't they just make them like licorice flavor and, and chocolate, mint chocolate chip and coconut cream pie? I mean, is it any wonder sea turtles and whales are eating this crap? It smells delicious. Do whales and sea turtles eat babies? I don't know, but probably now. I mean, what the, who thought of this? I just, I want to use it as a pillow slip. I want to, I want to sniff it while I'm sleeping. I don't, I don't want to throw away my garbage. I pick up my gar. Oh, I better, I better take the garbage out. Oh, wait. Oh, oh, I can't throw this away. This smells better than a Thanksgiving turkey coming out of the oven. <laughs> right? You ever seen this show, the show Hoarders? I never got it. I never understood. Who are these freaks that hang on to their garbage? That You know, they go into their houses and it looks like a a black bear from a dump lives there. Like I've, I've seen more, I've seen less garbage at a, at a, at a dump out in the country. <laughs> you ever been to a garbage dump out, out up north where the, where people don't have garbage service? It's just like people dig a pit and throw their garbage in. And I'm these hoarders. And like, what could possess them to hold on to bags and bags of, well, I found out. This is why they hold on to bags and bags of garbage. It's delicious. It's like, you ever uh, smell a bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken? You just, you just want to have sexual intercourse with that thing. You, you want to get, you want to get chicken skin all over your private parts. Well, this is, I mean, yeah. Have you, have you ever seen these inflatable dolls at the sex stores? I know you all go to them. Screw the sex, the blow-up dolls. Let's all just, like, mount our garbage bags and... Uh, 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 can we make love to a garbage bag? Can, can it smell that good? This is, this is crazy. It's garbage. Like, you, you don't need to scent it. And if you're trying to keep away the critters, like like the the raccoons and the rats and the and the bears, and well, if it smells good to us, doesn't it smell good to them? For God's sakes, I mean, uh, could it be possible we're attracting more critters instead of, instead of uh, raccoons? You you wake up and there's nine homeless guys laying at the base of your your kitchen garbage can. Um, excuse me, what are you guys doing here? Uh, garbage. Uh, 
Can I give you some food, some alcohol? Garbage. We just want garbage. (laughs) I mean, God. This is ridiculous. I think I'm going to become a hoarder. A hoarder and a sexual deviant with my garbage bags. And here's here's a look at this. I notice this. The, the one I'm sniffing right now, they've they've printed on it. Okay, they've printed on the bag. Let me read it to you. Warning. To avoid danger of suffocation, keep this plastic bag away from babies and children. Okay, well, maybe if you didn't scent it like a baby. You know, I'm sure babies are attracted to babies. And children are attracted to nice uh, snuggles, the fabric softener, bare laundry. So, you know, you might as well be dangling lollipops and candy canes and, and chocolate toffee in front of the kids and saying, don't go near it. I mean, this is, what is this? So, yeah, I had to start, I had to get that off my chest and mm, mm, let me eat some. <laughs> I mean, the Baskin Robbins better get on this. Uh, what flavor would you like, sir? Um, could I have baby scented garbage bag swirl, please? No. I mean, just ridiculous. Anyways, I, I just had to talk about that, and now you're, now you're probably all gonna be addicted to garbage bags. Now, next time you watch uh, that show, Intervention on A and E, you know the where the, the family has to do an intervention on their drug addict or whoever. And now we're going to be seeing interventions where they're, they're trying to pull their teenage kid full of angst away from garbage bags. Um, what are you hooked on? Heroin? Crystal meth? Coke? No. Twist tie glad bags, man. Twist tie glad bags. You, 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 mean, you mean this thing right here? Oh my God, that is good. Oh, you want to smoke one? You want to smoke a garbage bag or a baby or something? Anyways, all right, enough of that. I just stay away from your damn garbage bags. You're going to get addicted. God. Uh Uh-oh, what's going on? Uh Uh-oh, I don't like that music. Oh my God. Oh, oh, that's why. Okay, that's why we have the music. I was fishing. That's why we. I was. I was recently fishing. Okay, false alarm. Don't be scared, everybody. Um, I recently went fishing, and nature is so wacky. Nature is so weird. So I'm out fishing. I'm on a little vacay. I'm on a little vacay, and I go fishing. And I wasn't having a lot of luck, but in the span of like two or three days. This is what I caught. I caught a thing called a needlefish, which is a really long, thin fish that, as you can imagine, is thin like a needle. And it's got a really long snout with, like, alligator teeth. And they're not that big. I mean, this thing was probably only, like, uh, I don't know, 10 inches long. She's, uh... Um... And very long and thin, and so almost looks like a snake with an alligator's face. So I got a needlefish, and then I cut a blowfish. Yikes! 
which is probably, you know, you got to figure if you're a blowfish and you blow up like a balloon, a needlefish is probably your worst enemy. But balloons and needles and... So then I catch a blowfish, which blows up into a big circle and has prickles all over it. It's almost like watching a, an anemic porcupine stuff its face at a buffet and it gets super fat instantly. And then I caught a little shark. I caught a shark. At, at first I thought it was a hammerhead shark. And it was just a little guy. It was probably like, I don't know, maybe two or three feet long. You know, not a baby, but just a, you know, shark junior, I guess. And this thing uh, wasn't a hammerhead. It had kind of a similar head with the eyes on each side. But instead of having kind of a, a rectangle head shaped like a sledgehammer, like a true hammerhead shark, it had kind of a, a rounded uh, head like a shovel. Like it looked like the, uh, the, the, the head of a shovel almost exactly. And the eyes were on the side like a hammerhead. And I thought it was uh, what they call a shovel-nose shark, but I looked it up and it wasn't. It was, in fact, called a bonehead shark, which is caught me off guard because I've always wondered why God named some animals with such insulting names like ass, you know, the donkeys that are called ass. I've talked about this before. You know, roosters are called cocks. You get named bonehead. I mean, you know, I always said, was God in a mood that day? It's like, okay, lion, giraffe, zebra, ass. Um, let's see, swan, elephant, uh, horse, bonehead. You know, I mean, not really fair to the critters. But the reason I'm telling you is it's just so odd. Like, I'm like, can't I just pull up a normal fish? Like, it was almost like I was fishing at Dr. Seuss's resort or something. It's like all these weird, bizarre shapes and names and, and very odd-looking fish. I mean, the needlefish was odd. The, the blowfish was weird. The blowfish had great big round eyes. They didn't look like fish eyes. They looked like human eyes. And it, it has a mouth, but inside the mouth is like a beak because I guess it chews on coral and it's... So it's got this weird, like, like inner beak, and then the, the, uh, the, the, uh, the bonehead shark was like really weird. Like I, I, I literally thought if you know if I dried this shark out, I could, I could literally go in my garden and plant flowers, like use its head as a shovel. So just strange, 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 strange. Just you know, no reason really, but just uh, you know, I, I thought I'd mention how wacky nature can be and uh i'm just asking god above can i can i catch a normal fish please can i can i get a salmon or a tuna or uh you know something that uh doesn't look like it just swam in from sesame street for god's sake so there you go there you go my little my little fish story god that jaws music it's just so scary so you you can be talking about anything and it's still scary. I was talking about a little fishing story and it, I was getting scared. I had to stop the fishing story. Uh, but here's something that's scary. Uh, we're, we're like, what, a year and something into the COVID thing? 
uh, you know, is everyone still discombobulated and confused and unsure and this and that? And it's still a little wacky and weird out there for sure. And, um, one of the, one of the weirdest things for me personally about COVID is, you know, a lot of industries got shut down. And one of the the big ones that got shut down, you might not be aware of it, but I'm going to tell you, the stand-up comedy club circuit pretty much got, like, shut down, lock the door, and throw the key into molten lava. Like, uh, it, it was just devastated. The comedy clubs were were shut down and for the most part still are. Um, so to, to put it in perspective for you, I haven't done a professional live show at, at a club, uh, you know, as a feature weekend performer, the way I normally do the headliner, I haven't done it in over a year. Can you believe it? Over a year since I've been on stage and done like a full set. Now, full disclosure, I think I've done two, maybe three virtual sets uh, at a comedy club near my house in Los Angeles where um, basically they had people on TV monitors and I was alone in the club with you know, a few staff who were all wearing masks and I'm up on stage with no audience. And I'm looking at people in, in television monitors. It's very surreal. It's it's not very satisfying. It's it was nice to uh, you know entertain those people and and do some jokes and do my act to a degree, but it's it's not the same. And when I say I got up and did it, it was like you know twelve or fifteen minutes. It wasn't my full-on, like, hour, hour-plus set that I normally do when I headline on a weekend. Now, I haven't done that for over a year. And I hadn't even been on stage live in front of real people in over a year until about maybe, I think it was about three weeks ago. Three or four weeks ago, I did my very first outdoor set in Los Angeles. Uh, they finally allowed people to assemble outside at night and not a lot of people, but enough to make up a crowd. And I did like a 15 minute set. I think I did two of them. So in over a year, I performed to live audiences for probably a total of like 22 minutes, maybe half an hour, two sets at 15 minutes each. And I got to be honest, after all that time, I I was for the first time in a long time, I was a little nervous. I was a little scared getting up there, man. I mean, stand-up comedy is nerve-wracking and intimidating on any night. But when you've been doing it as long as I have, you reach a comfort level. You kind of get into a zone of professionalism where you know what you're doing and yes, you you could bomb on any given night. That's sort of the fun of stand-up. And you're probably going, fun? How could it be fun to be to bomb? Well, it actually is. When, when you're used to doing well all the time, it's always interesting when you get thrown a curveball and you kind of eat it and you kind of remember how hard it is and you remember how much it humbles you and you remember how much of a delicate dance it is with a live audience. And sometimes you have nights where you just 
blow the roof off and you kill. And there's other nights when you're kind of just your good old self, but there's always those nights when you, when you crash and burn and you die. So stand-up comedy is kind of like a muscle. When you go to the gym, if you stop going to the gym, you, the, the muscles kind of atrophy and they get a little flabby and they're not as strong. And I have to say that the same is applicable to doing stand-up comedy, my friends. When you stop doing it, you, 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 you get a little, at least you worry you're going to get a little lethargic or a little uh, out of shape. So I got to say, for the first time in a very long time in decades, I went up on stage actually a little nervous. I was a little apprehensive. I was a little like... God, am I going to remember how to do this? Do I, do I even remember my material? Blah, blah, blah. And what was cool is I, I did remember my material, but I was like, I'm not, I'm not sitting on the sidelines for a year and going on stage and doing, uh, and doing old material. No, we've been through a lot. There's a lot to talk about. So I went on stage and I, I did uh, new material, man. I did new, new, new material, and um, you know, I talked a lot about the the COVID and all this and that. And I, I think I messed up. I tried to record it with my phone, and I think I screwed it up. I'm, I'm gonna look around for it, and maybe if I do another podcast, I will, I will, I will play that. I really want to find it in my phone. But what I did find, uh, since I'm talking about stand up, um. I found a set that I did just before COVID hit. And uh, as you guys who follow me know, I like to mess around on stage a lot. I like to experiment and try different things. And so what I did is I did a whole set at the uh, comedy store in uh, Los Angeles on the Sunset Strip. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to do the whole set with a British accent just to amuse myself, just to see what happens, just to see how people react. I'm, I'm going to do a British accent from start to finish and just commit to it and pretend I'm British and see if people like it or hate it and whatnot. So I, I did it. I recorded it. It was really fun for me. I think I liked it more than the crowd did, but there was a guy in the crowd that looked like Orville Redenbacher. And it turns out there was a guy in the crowd who really was from the UK and so uh, without further ado, uh, because we have been starved for live stand-up comedy, I'm going to play this for you, and I hope you enjoy it. It's about 16, 17 minutes long, and it's yours truly doing material and spritzing with the crowd and putting on this stupid, it's not really a good accent. To be honest, when I did it, I thought it sounded a lot more authentic and, and real than it sounds when I listen back. And with, with, with this accent, it sounds like sometimes I slip into an Australian accent and sometimes I, it's just a mess. But that's part of the fun, and that's why I do it. And half, half, the, half my bits up on stage, you can hear me go silent because I'm laughing to myself on stage. So hopefully this puts a smile on your face. I know you've all been starved for live stand-up comedy. Hopefully it comes back soon. But without further ado, here's me. At the uh, comedy store, uh, Harland Williams. Probably I went on stage with a fake name because that's what I usually do uh, with my British accent. So enjoy, and then I'll talk to you guys on the other side of my wicked set, bro. Welcome to the crowd, you guys. 
Bobby Orville Red Bob. When you orgasm, does it physically pop out? It's like... Oh, I got a little ouchie the other day. Anyone ever get a little, you ever get a little ouchie, mate? Right? Little ouchie, right? Under the rib cage and your abdominals, eh? But you ever get a little ouchie? Never gonna look at you. You're a fucking gang member, mate. This guy was out earlier today, fucking punching old ladies in the face. I got a little ouchie right under the rib cage recently, and I'm like, oh, what the hell's that? I've never had that before. Do you get that in Egypt? You get ouchies. <laughs> Probably when you tip over and land on those fucking pointy buildings, right? <laughs> I'm glad some of you got it, that's fine. How are you, love? You're doing all right. You ever put a Cheerio in your asshole and whistle in the Amazon? <laughs> over here. But I got a little ouchie, right, and I'm thinking, oh, I've never felt that before, right, what am I going to do? What, what, what are my choices, right? I could go down to, like, the fucking hospital, to the ER, right? I could go to the ER and get that little fucking ouchie checked, right? <laughs> and I'm like, fuck me, mate, I don't want to sit in the emergency room with, like, Fucking 20 people covered with the Zika virus, right? <laughs> covered in fucking phlegm and fucking SARS and whatnot, right? I've got to go in, I get intravenous, they poke me and prod me all over the fucking place, right? So here's what I did. I flipped open the laptop and I'm like, right here, I got Dr. Google, right? <laughs> right, Dr. Google, right? I type in... 20 seconds later, cured, I found out, ovarian cancer. <laughs> I've got ovarian cancer with a little splash of leukemia. How about that? <laughs> Figured it out just like that. Dot to Google. <laughs> well, then you get in like a rabbit hole, right, mate? A fucking rabbit hole, eh? <laughs> you get in a... Fucking rabbit hole, right? And you start thinking, well, what the hell else is wrong with me, right? And I always wondered about the lumps, right? We've got lumps right here on the, on the tops of our feet, right? Those fucking... I've got two lumps, right? And, uh, you know, they call them ankles, right? <laughs> Doctor Google, right? I've got brain tumours, right? I've I can die kicking a fucking soccer ball! <laughs> Have an athlete's foot, you ever get that Orville, eh? You get a fucking mum on your feet. Your scummy fucking feet, your toenails look like Rosie O'Donnell's fucking wisdom teeth, right? Yellow and crinkly and fucking diarrhea. <laughs> So I go on Dr. Google, right, and I'm like, fuck me, I think I got athlete's foot. Dr. Google, turns out I've got a yeast infection <laughs> on my feet. So I go on Amazon, right, I order some gluten-free socks. <laughs> I wear them around for like, you know, a week and a half while, no fuck, I'm cured. How are you, mate? What's your name? I bet you got a fun name, eh? What is it? Arge. Arge. <laughs> How you spell it then, eh? H-A-R-G-E. H-A? 
RJ, Hodge. What's the last name? Days night? <laughs> it's a fucking Hodge Days night right here. You fucking put these together yourself so I don't have to do it for you. How are you, mate? You ever shove your ass in a fish tank and get attacked by a fucking broccoli monster? <laughs> I've got on a dating nap. You're on a dating nap, mate. You're on a fucking dating nap. Anyone? Who's on it? Hey, love, you're on the Tinder. <laughs> Look at you, love, all bashful and blushing. You're on the Tinder, love, eh? You're on the Bumble. You're on the FarmersOnly.com. <laughs> guy, it can't be working that good. A little bit of luck. That's not a good sign when you do that, mate. I've got a little bit of luck right between me legs, right here. What, how'd it go? Did you find he score, mate? You scored? Oh, it's pretty good, eh? Tinder, you get on a little buddy, right? And you go through all kinds of girls, right? Probably thousands of girls, eh? Mate, you've been on it, you're a good looking bloke. Thousands of fucking girls, you just swipe, swipe, swipe. I was swiping so much I got carpal tunnel syndrome. <laughs> Suddenly I'm like a velociraptor looking for fucking pussy. <laughs> so if you can laugh when the others do that, we might be a Right, and I'm looking, here's what happened, I'm look, I'm swiping through the Tinder, looking at all the lovely ladies, right? Oh, she's lovely, she's lovely. Ooh, that one's a little bit chubby. Ooh, that one, she's got a muffin top, this one. Well, it's got mugs more like a whole fucking bunt cake, this one. She's got a whole fucking Baskin Robbins mint chocolate chip birthday cake, this fucker. This a chubby one here, eh? I thought she had dimples on her face. Turns out a cellulite came right up her ass and onto her fucking face. Well, you don't do fucking fat jokes here. You know, I mean, you've got the fattest fucking people on the planet, you might as well, eh? I mean, after a fucking population here is fucking flubber. <laughs> Oh, fucking Waldo, me and you later, let's go fucking eye down at the fucking steam bath together, eh? <laughs> so look at this, I've gone through Tinder, right, looking at all the girls, right, love? And all of a sudden I'm like, 
Holy fuck, it's my sister. <laughs> it's my own sister, I on a Tinder, I Fuck me tender like a fucking Chinese roasted walrus squat, right? <laughs> That's what I said, a Chinese roasted walrus squat. You got a problem, you know, you ain't a matter of. And I'm like, that's my own fucking sister on the Tinder, right? And I'm like, holy fuck, I didn't know this, she lives 5.8 miles away from me. <laughs> and I'm starting to feel like a real fucking shitty brother because I'm reading all this stuff in a profile. I didn't even know about my own sister, mate, right? She loves seafood. I didn't know that about my sister. She loves Roman architecture. I didn't know that about my sister, mate. Um, she loves to listen to fucking Kenny G music, right? She loves to make love in the back of a Volkswagen van. And I'm like, what kind of shit brother am I? I didn't even know anything about my own fucking sister, eh? So, so here's what I did, love. Here's what I did. I deleted my fucking Tinder account. I said, I'm going to be a bigger person. I'm going to reconnect with my own sister. All right? I called her up. I said, sis, let's just fucking hang, love. Let's get out. Let's get to know each other again. Right? I took her out for dinner. Fucking red lobster. <laughs> <laughs> We just talk about family and life and Roman architecture. I drove her home, slapped on a little Kenny G music. And she was like, bro, when did you get the Volkswagen van? And I thought, let's open the back and talk about it. Exotic name, I like it. Where are you from? What part of the world? The UK. What, what, what street? <laughs> what street, mate? What street? You don't fucking understand me. I speak your fucking language. I'm English. What town? Alright, have it your way. What town, mate? Where? Yeah, and in that fucking town, are the streets? <laughs> what? Then what's the name of your fucking street? The fucking town? City Road. You couldn't fucking tell me that the first time. Thanks for the mystery, Nancy Drew. You sit the fuck down. I'm not actually British, I'm actually East Indian. Well, this is how I do the talk. I will do the rest of my actors and East Indian. I will do it. I can't believe you fucking people have to do a British accent. You didn't believe it, did you? You, you fucking did, you fucking What about Egypt? Did you buy it? Did you think it was fucking you didn't believe it? It sounded like forest fucking London. 
well, fuck, I ran out of time. It took me so long to do a British accent. But, uh, folks, that was fun. Hey, fucking rock and roll. Thank you very So there you go, gang. A little, a little, a little British comedy for you, eh, mate? Orville Redenbacher, eh? Um, hope you enjoyed that little, little treat. Hope it uh, brings you some giggles and amusement. While many of us are still kind of flipped out and in this weird COVID reality. Um, but it was fun to jump back on and who knows, I might do another podcast one of these days soon, but this was fun to do. And, uh, as always, I'm hoping you're all doing great. Not that you need my love or caring, but, uh, send them my love and caring regardless whether you want it or not. If you've already got too much love and caring, just, just crumple mine up and toss it in the waste bin or, or if you have a hamper. For those days when you don't have any love and caring in your life, you'll have some extra there from me and you can pull it out and put it on and, you know, feel loved and know that somebody cares. Um, And that's the way we should be, right? Loving and caring, caring and loving. (laughs) Um, So I hope you're doing great. And until next time, everybody, keep on smiling, stay strong. And uh, until next time. Chicken chow mein, baby. I took my chick up to the north, yeah, badass bitch.